Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome back to another edition of Wrestling Around. And this week we're doing Bound for Glory 2011 uh, from TNA Wrestling. Uh, Joining me today, the only person joining me today, you just didn't crack open a cold one. It's world-class wrestling journalist, Aaron Franklin. Aaron, how are we doing? I'm very well, thanks, Lou. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm very good. Thank you. Just recovered from, from the weekend, obviously, in KFF terms. This is Wednesday now, so I've had two extra days to recover, uh, which is good. But yeah, uh, Ross, obviously, he's just uh, celebrated his wedding. He's not with us. Terry, also not with us. Uh, he's not just celebrated a wedding. Yeah, but he's it also seems, it seems, seems like we're the only two full-time... Yeah, we're going to see what happens. I, I, I better not speak too much because I don't think I can be here next week because I'm ironically another wedding. <laughs> but we'll, uh, but we'll, we'll see, we'll see. But yeah, it sounds like we're the only two here regularly. So you've got the Lou and Aaron show. You know, obviously fans of our classic radio show from from twelve years ago, and we'll be we'll be rejoicing that this reunion has finally happened uh, oh, yeah, in, audio, in audio format. Uh, so welcome to all our listener. Um, I'm sure he's, he's joining. Uh, shout out to Dale. Um, I'm sure he's listened again. Um, so TNA Bound for Glory 2011. Um, we might as well just jump straight into it. Um, but what were your overall thoughts? Are obviously this was your idea to do Bound for Glory and do a bit of TNA for the first time in a long time. I just um, love. I just love TNA. I just love TNA. Is this era your era of TNA? Yeah, probably from like from about here, so like 2011 up to about 2014. It's kind of where I tuned totally out of WE. Yeah. Um, and just was watching TNA. So when you had all like the the old school, shall we say, coming into it. Yeah, it did feel very old school at times. In fact, there was, there was times in this show where it felt like it could just easily be, be WCW. Um, or AEW now. Or AEW now, to be honest. Yeah, the same, the same guys are all there, aren't they, for the most part? Um. It was. I've never really seen much TNA, to be honest, especially on this part. I used to watch it in the Six Sided Ring days on the wrestling channel. Yeah. Um, this this TNA kind of, like I have again with AEW, to be honest, I was fairly like, right, okay, there's two camps. I'm in a WWE camp. That's what I do now. I'm a WWE guy. So I think I was still struggling along with, with WWE at the time. Uh, where were we with WWE? Oh, this is the whole CM Summer of Punk, wasn't it? It was just, yep. just ending with just kind of Kevin Nash had just been involved, speaking of old school people. What a weird year for wrestling was 10 years ago. The more, the more I think about it, the more we look back on it. Um, 
But yeah, this is probably the biggest that TNA ever got. Um, um, it probably got a little bit bigger than this. A bit bigger. Once. Was this before, or was this just before they, they went on live on Mondays? Was that 2012 that, that happened? I think it might have been 2012. Um, bear in mind, you've still got a lot of big names to come across yet. Mm-hmm. Um, like the moment you've got, you've got Kurt Angle, you've got Sting, you've got Hogan. Yeah, Kurt Angle's been Kurt Angle is well established now. He's been here about five years at this point. Yeah, you've still got people like um, Booker T to come across. Uh, you, you haven't even come up. You haven't even got into the um, the main main event mafia or any of any of those bits yet. Um, what's the other one? The, the club can't remember. Oh, this is an eight. Yeah, this is an eight. Yeah, yeah. So that, I think that's the year after this. Yeah, um, it is because we did that. Bound for Glory 2012, we did last year for some reason. I think this is free yeah. on YouTube. <laughs> this is the main reason why we did it last year. Yeah, so like I think at this point, they're just finding the, finding the feet and they're starting to make some big air signings. And I'll say Kit Angle is probably the biggest one, probably up to, up to this point. They, they can't fear, kind of go off on us. Yeah, I guess active wrestlers. I guess like Hogan was like, it felt like it was going to be a big change again because he was quite well known at the time. I think Hogan's nose best was still kicking off. Yeah. Um, he was quite a, felt like quite a big get from at the time, and obviously, out Bischoff's there. Um, he will claim to this day it was strictly in just there. He was there because Hulk wanted to be there. He had nothing to do with the creative. Um, depending on which sources you read, the time which you believe that, basically, if, if Bischoff was involved in the creative or not. Um, but yeah, an interesting an interesting time. So it takes place outside the Impact Zone as well, which is kind of you can see they were getting bigger. Uh, it takes place in the, the home of ECW, which is a big theme of all the matches. Uh, on October 16th, 2011, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, at the Lacorus Center, or Leacorus Center, I believe it's pronounced, which holds 10,000 people, uh, 3,585 people inside. Uh, and the tagline of the event was a Terry Peters classic, We the People, um, which I believe was before Jack Swagger um, started saying it at WWE, but that was the that's, tagline. So you're saying WWE stole something? And basically, that's that's what I'm saying, yeah. I believe it comes from the Declaration of Independence, but I'm just going to double-check that because we need to be sure. Oh, it's at a university, so I can find no menu. Have we got a menu? We've not done this in a while. Now, if it's a university, there's going to be plenty of drinks. There's a bloody menu. Here we go. Uh, Philly style pizza, Philly style pizza, the, the, uh, Broad Street Dogs, Broad Street Dogs, Scoops and Hoops. There's a pub, a bar with popcorn and pretzels. There's another pub, PJ Williams, Craft Beer and Boneless, Hack a Snack, Beer and Snacks, Campus. Basically, it's all beers. Um, yeah, excellent. Yeah, it looks like they're having a great time in the Leah Cora Center at Temple University in Philadelphia. Um, so, yeah, goes three hours. Um, Big show available on Impact Plus. Um, I'm liking it. We've got Impact Plus for this, but I'm, I'm quite liking it. I think I'm going to keep my subscription for a while longer and have a look around. Yeah. Um, I like the fact when you open the app, at least on the iPhone, it just randomly starts playing something. Would find it annoying, but I started watching some like 2005 stuff <laughs> today when it opened. The only thing that is, does really annoy me about it is there's no bookmarks like WWE Network. Yes. So I had to scroll and try and find my match today when I was finishing the pay-per-view of. It's a bit of a nightmare when you're trying to find things. Yeah, it's um, not quite as simple as it to be like, which I imagine is like being a Peacock subscriber in the in the US. I'm very lucky to have our network. 
still. So should find out before we start kind of running through the card in full that I am using the uh, 411 mania.com's review. Ring crew review reviews TNA Bound for Glory because we started kind of, we watched this two weeks ago and let's just shoot on the, tell the people, give them what for. It was last week, there was a quiz. Me and Aaron were fully prepared for TNA Bound for Glory 2011. Uh, Terry and Ross said they needed more time. We've given them more time and once again, the barrel roll at the Albert Holders. Uh, we've given them more time. They've not come through. Uh, it's just a pair of us. I've got serious beef. Serious beef about this. Serious beef for both of them. Yeah. They've, yeah. They've met us way an extra week. And it's just the two of us. So now we're both trying to struggle what we watched. Let's <laughs> remember what we watched last week. But we've got notes. So we start as all Philadelphia based shows do, whether the rest of them are not. We look at the Liberty Bell. Um, we then have a look at the Rocky statue, classic Philly landmarks. And then we fade into a bit of a slow opener. And we've got some shots of Hogan Sting. Rude and Kangle preparing for their matches. So obviously we're going to the big two main events. Uh, Hulk Hogan versus Sting. It was a big deal, wasn't it? It was 2011. Uh, uh-huh. Hulk Hogan versus Sting, which turns out to be Hulk Hogan's last televised match. Not his last match, but his last televised match. Um, and then the main event is Bobby Roode and Kangle. So we should give some, uh, for people who haven't listened to this show, or haven't kind of seen much of, of TNA, Bound for Glory is their WrestleMania. Basically, so it's their big show of the year, which you can see in places, other places I'm not too fond of because it should be the, the bigger deal than it is. Uh, but yeah, Bound for Glory is their big one. So I always used to think it was Slam Aversary, but apparently that's the second biggest one outside of SummerSlam. Bound for Glory is the big one. Um, so yeah, very good opener, really kind of gives it that big feel, doesn't it? That they're in Philadelphia, they're outside the impact zone. It feels like a big show. Um, I said there was only 3,000 people in there. The, the way they filmed the arena, very much like WWE do, everyone on one side, make it look as big as possible. So it looked like there were a lot more than 3,000 people in there. So they're very well done. Um, first match then is for the X Division Championship. And it's Brian Kendrick um, against the champion Austin Aries. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Austin Aries this era. Yeah, he lets himself down personally did quite a lot, doesn't he? But you can't deny him as a performer. Yeah. Fantastic. Screwed himself over if it's to be rerun. Yeah, and then again in his final TNA run, I think it was been like, was it was it bound for glory, wasn't it? Was it 2018, 2019, where he just got up and left? Eight, <laughs> he, lost, he lost the main event. I want to say it's 19, but I think it's 18. Because... Yeah, because I think John Morrison was back in WWE by 19, wasn't he? Mm. And he was, yeah, it must have been 18. Wow, time flies. Um, but yeah, just remember going, fuck you, just getting up and leaving <laughs> as soon yeah. as the main event was over. Without saying the thing. And this is the, the period where the, the X Division actually had a weight limit on it. So it's, it is more like a cruiserweight title again. Mm-hmm. At this point, which was, I think Bischoff was always a big fan of doing um, before the X Division was just basically the cool match division. So most people wear cruiserweights, but then you had like, people like Samoa Joe and I think Kangle won the X Division Championship as well, um, getting there and tearing up, but having a different style of match. Um, but obviously at this yeah. point, it's just a cruiserweight. Event, I think it was it was it was prior to this one where they had the six sided ring and the X division. Yeah, used to do the um, quite a few matches where it was on the scaffold. Yeah, the is, the, is that the ultimate X? Yeah, that one. There was there was something else X, wasn't there? There was an elevation X, but I think that was a scaffold match where you threw your opponent off, if yes. I remember correctly. And then the ultimate X was the one where the ropes were going across the top of the ring and you had to grab it. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it wasn't really when I was watching TNA on the wrestling channel in like 2005, 2006, 
the X Division was like the thing that made it different, really. It was just these all these just cool as matches, which you didn't really see a lot in WWE. I guess at this point yeah. in TNA, they're going more mainstream and they're kind of moving away from the cool wrestling. The one it was it was either Hogan or Bischoff when they came across was like, yeah, you get rid of that fucking six sided ring. I think it was Bischoff, wasn't it? Yeah, well, was it? Was it which one? Was it one of them? We came out and went. No more kitty playpen, man. <laughs> yeah, it must have been Hogan, because that's something that Hogan would say. Yeah. But he was trying to be a babyface, and everyone was just, all these TNA hardcore guys were just booing him. And he was like, no more kitty playpen, ring. And um, yeah, so the, 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 they do have a six-sided ring again, right? That they impact. I have not watched it. Oh, we're back to, we're back, we might have had to four, four sides now. I'm not sure. But Jeff Jarrett always defends the six-sided ring by saying it was the only toys they could sell. Um, oh, Jeff Jarrett's a prick. I've got comments about that later on. But oh, let's get to, yeah, let's get to Jeff Jarrett and his and his comments. Um, but yeah, he, I remember he always claimed when they did like a tale of the WWE Network about TNA that toy stop toy shows like weren't interested in the TNA toys because like no one knew who the rest were other than the big stars. But six sided ring is a six sided ring, and it just looked cool. Yeah. So that's always what they did. Um, so Brian Kendrick and Austin Aries. Then uh, how long do we go? We go. 10 minutes, 27. Um, good opener. Austin Aries gets the win. Aaron, what would you make of this one? Um, I main, main comment that I made was Brian had my sneakers in the same colour as the TNA logo. I appreciated that. I did not notice that, but that's a nice touch. Yeah, it's a lovely awesome. touch. Um, what I made of it was two and a half stars. Two and a half stars? What did Meltzer um, give this one? Meltzer gave it three and a half. Oh, three and a half. Oh, Dave. I thought it was a solid opener. Um, nothing too special going on. Yeah, no, it's just a classic X Division match at this point, wasn't it? But it was very much like, you know, we'll, we'll probably compare TNA to WCW quite a bit in this pay-per-view, I imagine. But this is the kind yeah. of, you know, all the WCW shows we've shown in the past. This is what we've uh, we've watched, really, isn't it? This is what we've seen, like a good cruiserweight match to open it. And that's what yeah. the X Division is now. Um, so that, 10 minutes, 27. For me, that's what our, a pay-per-view should open, cruiserweight match. Yeah, just a good action Action match, really, isn't that's what you want, isn't it? Like, for me, for me nowadays, there's too many tag team matches opening pay per views, and they don't always get you going. Too, no. Some of them are too slow. Yeah, I think whatever you need to do, it needs to be fast paced, isn't it? Was it the yeah. um, rest of, second night of WrestleMania this year where they opened with Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton? And it was just such a slow, plodding match that they just, yeah. it, it never really recovered for like until like three hours later when you had the main event. But I think like you get the crowd on the feet, get them excited, get them pumped because they've all just kind of they've just been they've been drinking all day, especially through in Philly. They they want to come in and get some action. Just just get them excited right off the bat and get that good atmosphere going off. They definitely did get the crowd going because this next match was my probably my favorite match on the card. Yeah, but before we get to that, we've got Karen Jarrett as she is at this point. No, she Karen Angle. Actually, Karen Jarrett at this point. I Jarrett. Remember. Jarrett. Karen Jarrett. Uh, with Tracy Brooks, um, and she's just having a go, basically, um, and saying, right, I'm going to be the referee in the women's match. Uh, and Bischoff gets, uh, not Bischoff, Borash gets invited to help addressed. Um, but she does say, Karen says to Tracy Brooks, don't leave the room unless I've got myself in harm's way, which obviously yeah. means, you know, there's going to be some shenanigans later on. But next we go to Full Metal Mayhem, which is, is this just a hardcore match? Is that what Full Metal yeah. Mayhem is, basically? Yeah, um, pretty much. We're in Philadelphia. We're doing Jerry Lynn versus Rob Van Dam. I don't mind a damn bit. The kind of, the story behind it seems to be that Jerry Lynn feels like when they were in ECW, he was always just as good as Rob Van Dam was, but Rob Van Dam got all the plaudits, went to yeah. the, the big company, 
got all the main events, got all the glory. Geraldine was kind of left by the wayside a bit. Yeah. Um, so I guess IBD was meant to be the heel here, but it didn't really play out like that. Too much with the crowd. Um, but yeah, what do we think of uh, Geraldine versus Rob Van Damme? Oh, these guys just have fucking awesome chemistry. Mm-hmm. In yeah. Like, it's, yeah. You don't see chemistry like that often. No, it's just a match you just can't argue, isn't it? Geraldine versus Rob Van Damme. Just, yeah. just, they could do it now, I reckon. Uh, yeah, well, and it's still, it's still be a good match. But I'm yeah. surprised they haven't in a, in a big company yet. But if you're like an indie promoter and you're like, okay, we've, yeah, especially if you're doing a show in Philly, okay, we need a, we need a match to put on. This is kind of what you're doing, isn't it? Oh yeah, straight away, even, I mean, even to this point. For me, this was like the perfect personification of a match. Wait, it was a, it was a hardcore match, but you don't need blood. So have a good, good hardcore TLC match. There was yeah. no blood. It was just, it was perfect. Yeah, and I think this is my favorite type of hardcore wrestling, really, because I know that the, the bloody gory ones just a bit much for me at times. You know, when it's like yeah. I'm not into all that. I think I've said it before on here, like the whole Nick Gage stuff where you've got like cheese grits and pizza grits in people's faces. Too much. I can't say I'm a fan of it because it just looks awkward. And like when you know it's real, <laughs> like yeah. someone's actually cutting someone up, and like it's just like, why are you going for that pen? This is the sort of hardcore stuff where it's just big spots. This is this is what I like really from a from a hardcore match. Yeah, these big spots. Um, Some great ECW chants as well. ECW. Yeah, that's it. Give the crowd what they want. Like you're in yeah. Philadelphia, they're going to be chanting ECW at some point. Just just give them can ECW. AEW did the same thing recently, and they did, they brought all the old ECW guys like a yeah. segment. You got you're in Philadelphia. You got to do it. I know it's it's weird that ECW has been gone long and is around now, but. It's um, it's still worth doing because obviously it, was, it had a big, big legacy. Um, hell of a match this one then. Um, the ending is a Van Terminator into a ladder. Yeah, it was deadly. Um, that was deadly. Yeah. Um, some other big spots in the match. Uh, throughout, um, bomb onto the ladder, bomb on a ladder on the floor. Um, from from Lynn on RVD. It was good. Uh, a couple of Van Daminators for twos as well. Um, just, yeah, just a really, really good good match. There was some Sabu chants at one point as well. I must have <laughs> uh, really enjoyed. Um, big, some big chair shots as well in this match. Some really big chair shots. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a really, really good match. And as I said, like the, the Van Daminator and all that. Um, RVD covers for the win, which I was... I thought the match that you know the way they were presenting it, and it looked like it was going to be Jerry Lynn's last match. I thought they might have given the win, um, but they went with RBD, which I guess he was the biggest star at the time, and, and, and TNA yeah. invested a lot in him. So I, I kind of get it, and I guess they'll go on and, and do other stuff since then. But what did you make of it overall? Aaron? Uh, well, I, th- I think Dave Meltzer's been harsh here. He gave it three and a quarter. Three and a quarter. I give it four. Four stars. Four stars. Yeah, I would. I would. I would go with four stars. I don't think it wasn't five star. It was just a very good, solid, hardcore match. Yeah. Four stars. Yeah, I would agree. It's kind of one like, was it my favorite match on the card? I'm not sure if it was, but I think it was the best match on the card. Yeah, I'm not saying it was my favorite match on the card, but it was the best match. Well, on from the a card. technical, a technical yes. point of view. Yes. Yeah, it's very good. Um, up next is a, a weird, a weird triple threat match. I think, and the people who are in it. Um, so we've got Samoa Joe versus Matt Morgan versus Crimson. 
Um, yeah. Odd one, this one. So, so Crimson's yeah. undefeated and he was going to win Bound for Glory. Joe attacked him. Cost Crimson the lead in the eventual title shot. Um, Crimson's pissed and he wants revenge. Um, and Matt Morgan's annoyed at something, so he's also <laughs> he's also here. Um, wasn't really quite sure of the story. Um, Didn't quite pick it up for the video, video from other than, other than that. The fact that Matt Morgan was just like, yeah, I'll be involved. Um, yeah. Well, some, um, I've got a few notes on this one. Yeah. First one. By God, is Samoa Joe a big lad here? Yeah, he was, and he? he's not the. Um... I don't know. It, it was Samoa Joe was, it was a weird point because he, it was almost like he was starting to feel forgotten, wasn't it? Um, when all these big stars came in. Yeah, for me, Samoa Joe in this era reminds me of Keith Lee. It's a big lad, but he can do. Yeah. Oh my God, can he do <laughs> sports? Oh God, yeah. Like there's a suicide dive through the ropes. By Joe on Sir Crimson and Matt Morgan. It's yeah. like Jesus Christ. How can how can big lads do this? Yeah, it's just I I don't want to kind of be too harsh with Crimson and Matt Morgan because they always played the part. But it's you know Samoa Joe's got to carry two kind of you know muscle bound stereotypical wrestlers to to a, yeah. to a good match a good match here. Um, and he can he can do it. It just yeah. always feels a bit weird when you see Samoa Joe in kind of like a throwaway match earlier in the card, especially on TNA. Mm-hmm. You expect him to be in those main event angles. Um, but you could tell that I felt like they went out there with the idea to steal the show. Like, I, I had the idea that the, the Joe, especially, was like, right, we've got to, we've got to kind of get our heat back here, kind of yeah. steal the show a little bit. And you see Morgan from the top rope to the outside on, on the cross, the cross party. <laughs> I mean, you very rarely see a big guy like Matt Morgan on top rope diving off onto the outside of the ring. I thought that was quite <laughs> a good spot, but it did seem a little bit awkward. Yeah, but when you're out tall as Matt Morgan, is he like seven foot? Close to it? Yeah, K-Fab seven foot. K-Fab seven foot, is he? Yeah. He's probably like um, six foot five in real life, I'd say. Yeah. But yeah, it's a big, it's a big muscly lad, as is Crimson. Um, Not a lot from Crimson after this, I don't think. I don't think he's around too long. Oh, oh well. Crimson, Crimson obviously wins the match. Yeah. Keeps his undefeated streak. Mm-hmm. Um, Apparently, his streak went on for 470 days until June 2012. Oh, wow. Um, I never heard of the fella, I'm not going to lie. I'm not heard of Crimson. Obviously, apparently, apparently, after this, he went um, back into developmental and won a couple of titles, like the, the main titles. Yeah. Oh, because, um, of course, their they're, they're de- 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 developmental was OVW at this point, wasn't it? It, it was. It yeah. was. So, yeah, he went back to OVW, uh, won a couple of... Um, main titles and apparently he did come back to TNA very briefly yeah I still not remember the fella I, I, rem- I remember watching this pay-per-view when it when it first aired I think this was the match that made me remember it um, yeah I don't remember him really doing a great deal yeah no but the the end comes when when Joe avoids and gets and then gets his um, when Matt Morgan gets his cut, foot caught in a rope yeah. So he can't interfere anymore, and then Crimson Spears Joe gets the win. Seven yeah. minutes twelve. What do you think of the match overall? Um, it was an all right match. They tried too hard. Um, yeah, I feel like they were really going out to steal the show, and I'm not sure they did that. But you could see the intent was there. Um, strange enough, me and uh, it's a very rare that this happens, but me and Dave Meltzer were both on on the on the same mark. Um, two and a half stars. 
two and a half stats. Uh, my my formal man over here going to acquire. Yeah, average match really, wasn't it? Yeah, it was all right for a, a mid card match. Yeah, I will say that. Yeah, it was. I don't know. As someone kind of like not used to this level of T- this kind of version of TNA, I expected Joe to be in a bigger match. He did well there. Um, Crimson, I guess, to put in the younger guys other, which I know is always a criticism of, of TNA and WCW that they weren't doing that, but yeah, they seem to be doing that here. I'm not being funny. After that last match with Jerry Lynn and RVD, it was going to be hard yeah. for whoever fought that match. Impossible spot, wasn't it? There were, there were worse matches on the card that I remember we would have put there instead. <laughs> um, oh, there's a lot. They are, it gets a lot worse. Yeah. But, but yeah, it was what it was. Seven minutes, 12. Not too long, is it, for a triple threat match? No, it's um, long enough. It went on long enough, not too long. I would say, yeah, if, you, if you're looking to put people over, then you've got that um, in Crimson. You're putting the right person over. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Boris is back. Um, he's obviously yes. was he helping Karen get changed. He's not doing it anymore. Bully Ray is here. Um, Bully Ray cuts a hell of a heel promo. Oh, on, uh, my God. <laughs> on off, yeah. Really leans into being from New York, um, which I guess he's got to do. He's an ECW legend in Philadelphia. This is what you've got to do, isn't it? You've got to turn the crowd and bully Ray at this point. The man is not afraid to get heat. He's just a heel. My God, right? Why was he not a main event in MWE? Because this guy, this guy has probably got better mic skills than 99.9% of the WWE roster at this point. And even now. I feel like Vince just always saw him as... Tag team. Yeah, the one one after the boys couldn't see him past him being Bubba Ray. Because he never really, even when the Dudley boys split and Devon became Reverend Devon. Yeah. Bubba Ray was just just Bubba Ray, wasn't he? He was just doing his Dudley boy shtick, yeah. Um, Yeah, this this is my favourite era of um, Bubba or Bully Ray, whatever you want to call him. Um, He was fantastic in, in TNA. Yeah, yeah, he really, he really was. Like I said, to get an ECW legend, in this era when the crowd are really, really wanting that nostalgia, to not give them it and just kind of fly out heel on them. I, I yeah. think I think it's great. You don't get many people who's comparable to JBL. Probably even like, uh, the internet will balk at this, but like I, the only person I can think now like really gets heel heat and doesn't mind being a heel is Baron Corbin. Um, not in the same league as <laughs> Bully Ray, I hasten to add, but in terms of a wrestler who just wants to get booed um, and yeah. doesn't mind, doesn't want to be cheered. Uh, there's not many around anymore, but yeah, Bully Ray really, really goes for it. Um, so he's going to be in a false cat anyway, right, with uh, Mr. Anderson. Yes. Um, yeah, really. Yeah, I thought. Did you? This is just a weird observation for me. But did you think that Bully Ray's music sounded very similar to Sabu's WWE ECW music? That's how I made that um, connection. Yeah. I'm going to have to listen to them both back, but that was just my. Uh, my second. Um, so yeah, this was just a, a this was just a brawl ball, from the it? start. It was yeah. just straight from the get go. It was just um, just them both going at it. Yeah, they both went at it. I really like the spot with the uh, the sign uh, that the street mm. sign inside it. I think we've seen this before on a WCW uh, show. Might yeah. have been a Spring Stampede or something, which I assume was in Philadelphia or somewhere near there. Um, might not have been actually because the piece of Bruce on the go at that point. But I, I like the idea of that. He gets hit with the sign. He's knocked out. I like, what the hell's this? Um, and it turns out oh, it's a bloody street sign underneath it. Um, so if you if you think WWE at this time, right? If 
someone wants to get hit by that, they'll be bust open. Yeah. And uh, again, this is where I go back to my earlier comment. Not every match with like using weapons needs to have blood. No, I don't. I said, I don't, yeah, I really don't think it does. This match didn't really need any blood. Uh, it just needed good heel action. That's what wrestling's missing these days. I'll say it again. <clears throat> she did heels. I want to be heels. So, Bully whips Anderson's shirt off, chops a shirt of him. Oh, so there's one spot. Well, I want, even, I want a spot from the wrestlers. There's some right slag in the audience. Who threw the beer over him? Oh, and then was stood. She threw a boot. So they're both fighting at the ringside. Yeah. Um, she just throws a beer over him. And then she's like cheering. It's like, why why have you done that? Yeah. Like, so, Where so like, to a shoot. Yeah. So then they kind of go back into the ring after that. You could tell you could tell they were both pissed off by it. It's, yeah. She, it was obviously to try and get a, a 10 seconds of fame. Yeah. And she's got it now. Aaron slagged her off. Yeah, she's a slag. Yeah, on, on the podcast. That's what you've got. If you're listening, years ago. Woman, woman who threw beer on um, Bully Ray and Mr. Anderson. Yeah. Just fuck off and die. Just don't do it again. Yeah, ridiculous. No I, just, I don't understand it. Like, you've got to, the ad just, you know, it's just, you, you're there at the theatre right at the end of the day. I, I can understand theater, it if she'd done like, it just a bully. Yeah. She's a heel. But also, you probably, probably paid $10 for that beer. Yeah, what would you? Cheap, especially in Philadelphia. But yeah, no, I just I don't understand. I've seen it happen before. Like I just you, you're working yourself into a shoot, are you? That's the only thing I can say. Like if you're that, and what, what if you're that annoyed that the bully's having to go at Philadelphia and that, like it's it's a wrestling show. Get over yourself. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a fan of it. Uh, they are they are brought out for a bit. They're on the stage. Um, bully Ray at one point steals um, Anderson's uh, microphone. And so I thought this was a good spot. Yeah, so he goes, ladies and gentlemen, from Hell's Kitchen, New York City, and then Kennedy cuts him off and says, it's in New York City, welcome to Philly, bitch. Um, yeah, it's just, it is amazing, really, isn't it? Like how you can just kind of get someone so wound up by just saying a different town's name. Yeah. <laughs> but he does it. Um, Anderson hits him in the nads uh, a few times. He's got the guardrail in the ring now. Um, backdrop on the guardrail, which always looks nasty, doesn't it? Because there's just nowhere. And then we see a Swanson on the guardrail as well uh, from Anderson. Just going back to the um, the microphone skit. Yeah. Um, I think one person who who since then has made a really good gimmick out of out of that that spot was um, Elias. Yeah. Here, Elias. Yeah. Where the hell is he at the moment? Uh, he's he getting um, his gimmick changed. Well, he died, didn't he? Did he? Not in real life, but he. Um... That would be a hell of a segue, wouldn't it? <laughs> hell of a big, hell of a scoop. But he had that whole gravestone where it was like Elias 2017 to 2021 or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember and that. Then just, but then they've not actually brought him back. So in Kayford's terms, I believe he is dead. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see what they do. Maybe they bring back, bring back Bray Wyatt and then Elias yeah. kind of. Apparently they're going to bring him back like a completely different gimmick where he's not going to be a singer anymore, but I don't get why you'd have him be Elias all the way through the Thunderdome, and then when the crowds come back, kill him off. He's one who's meant for. Oh yeah, crowd interaction. He's meant for crowd interaction. That that one. Did you see that one where he had to go um, Seattle's basketball team because he left, 
and he just got five minutes of pure booze. Like him and Kevin Owens just could not finish the promo because uh, he was just getting booed the entire time. No, was, I didn't was, see it. Oh, I should check it out. Uh, just, just, just search for Elias Kevin Owens Seattle. It's honestly, it's, I've never seen crowd here like it. It's absolutely, it's just a straight like five minutes of just booing. Um, and it just they can't, they can't get anywhere with the promo. But you're right, it's a very easy way to just create instant heat. You go to someone's yeah. hometown and you slag it off. Yeah, hometown sports teams. That's it. It's the best way, isn't it? Um, yeah, so Anderson wins it um, in 14 minutes, 33 seconds. Um, it was a great bully bomb through the table, though. Oh, of course, yeah. Forgot about, I completely forgot about that. Let's get some of that. Um, is going to get a two for that one? Yeah, uh, I guess two. Yeah, I guess two count for that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there is a swan time where the table doesn't break, um, which is awkward. But then he falls up from downwards barrel. Um, but yeah, I thought this was a really good match. This this might be my favorite actually. I think I was a big fan of this match. But what does it yeah. get on the Franklin Star insistent? Oh, another two in a row of me and Meltzer on on the, on the ball. Um, three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah, I can see. It. I can see. It. Would you give Ravity and Lynn four? Wasn't it four? Yeah. Bit, like I say, it got the better. The um, RVD um, Lynn match got my best rating for the card. Um, yeah, I think this this it was either this one or the RVD and Lynn one. I like the. I just liked Bully Ray's heel work. I think that was what made it for me. Yeah. Just, I, I just really appreciate a good heel. I think especially if you're in the crowd. When he's a really good heel out, and you mm-hmm. can just really have a go at him, and, and obviously not throw your beer like that idiot, but just really, really have a go at him and get lean into him. I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what else I'm a massive fan of as well, which is, is, is weird, but I like that TNA were doing it in this era. Their backstage promos went just kind of the camera just wasn't in the face, like everything looked mm-hmm. like it was like reality TV, where it was kind of they were filming like from behind doors and stuff. Yeah. You made it look a lot more real, you know, rather than like some sort of idiot, like going, ha ha, I have a secret plan that I'm just going to say right in front of this camera. And then... yeah, well, we'll see that in the next promo yeah. because we have Eric talking to um, James, who is the ref, who is actually Gar- obviously Garrett, Garrett Bishop. Yeah, um, who actually is his son. They, which yeah, it takes, it. I will say it takes Mike Tanay and Taz a long time to work out what's going on here. It does, it does. <laughs> Um, Michael Core levels of like what what what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> so obviously we will get Eric and Garrett talking, and uh, Eric saying that you basically you need to screw Sting. Hogan has to win this match. Um, then obviously after that we we'll cut to Taz and Tanay. We, we just can't believe that Jack, Jackson James is uh, Bishop's son. <laughs> they really can't believe it. Just today, just good. Did I just hear what I think I heard? Is he really? Is that Eric Bischoff's son? And like, says, I think you call him son. And like, it's, it takes him a good five minutes. So they're really beating us around the head with this. But the, they might like might say like a bit of an idiot, I think. But I thought it was quite funny. But yeah, I just like that that promo style of like the hidden cameras. So it's like, it's not like Bischoff's just got this concocting his grand plan like in an interview area or right in front of a camera and someone could just watch it. It's like just kind of being hidden when he doesn't realise, which... Yeah. It works. Yeah, yeah I, I wish we would do that more. Really, just rather than just kind of this in-your-face camera nonsense. So just backstage interviews all the time where yeah, it focuses on the interview. I think this, this way of doing it was really good. That's one thing that I was hoping Bischoff would bring in 
uh, when he was SmackDown manager for like that week or whatever it was, 83 days. Is that, um, oh boy, so we just enjoyed the oh. last two matches. Looks, uh... Here we go. Uh, the TNA Knockouts Championship. So the TNA Knockouts are basically the WWE Divas of the day. They call Knockouts because they're well fit. Get it? Uh, it's a four-way match. Velvet Sky, Madison Rain, uh, Hardcore Country, Mickey <laughs> James. Yeah. Banger of much... <laughs> And Winter, <laughs> who was uh, Kaylee Birchall. Ah. I believe she's still in TNA. She's got a long run. Oh, really? I, I believe she's still there now. I'm not sure if she's still called going in the winter then. But yeah, she's still there. Uh... Um, what I did not understand <laughs> about this match, it's a four-way match, but they have to yeah. tag each other. They have to tag. Uh, this is just infuriating, isn't what, it? What is this concept? It's at first I thought, oh yeah, it's um, a knockout match, and I thought, is it some sort of weird tag match? Mm-hmm. And then I thought, then I realised, no, it's actually a four-way match. It's just, it's just, it's bizarre, awful. isn't it? Yeah, it's really. I don't understand why they do it. I don't understand. WWE do it a few times, don't they? When they do like six pack challenges, they put off all way tag matches or whatever, and there's only two in the ring at once. But why yeah. would you ever tag? You know, tag, tag out. You just got to wait, haven't you, until someone gets near the rope and you slap them? Is that the idea of it? Like, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna guess so. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I just don't get the don't get the point. Just have them all going at once. Like they can't be that bad wrestlers that you've got to make them wait yeah. for their spot. Um, I mean, they are that bad wrestlers because this match was awful, to be honest. Um, I think the only one who's any 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 good was Mickey. Yeah, that was it. She was on her own. She was the the hardcore country stuff, which was great. Yeah. Um, love that theme tune. Yeah, it's one of the, it's one of their best, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, she actually sang herself, and she was actually she had like a, a a country singing career, didn't she? At this point, did not realize that. Yeah, she was actually a, a, a part time singer, a part time wrestler. Yeah, she was actually a full on country singer, Mickey James. Interesting. This point, which is really good. This match was not really good. Uh, this um, is fucking awful. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So to got, think what happened? Like Karen got... Jarrett's involved a lot. Which is enough, isn't it? To say, but, yeah. So she, she doesn't yeah. count for for Mickey James or um, for Velvet Sky. Um, Karen finally gets taken out and blinded by Winter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously because she's in harm's way. Here um, we go. They yeah. uh, they foreshadowed it. It's good stuff. Yeah, that other woman came out. Can't remember her name. Um, Tracy Brooks. Yeah, and then she. Yeah, and then Velvet Sky wins because she makes the pin. And then that Brooks woman counts. Yeah. That's, fuck me. It was an awful match. Eight minutes, awful. eight minutes 41. It went seven minutes 59 too long. Yeah, it was a long, long match, wasn't it? Um, um, Dave's it was just been, so slow pace, wasn't it? Yeah. Dave's been very generous. <laughs> I know what he's um, giving it. Go you ahead. give it a dud. Wow. Um, I give it minus five because minus it was that, five. that yeah. bad. Is that the, like, the, the rock bomb with the Frankenstein in? Yeah, I mean, if I could erase eight, eight minutes, whatever, from my life, eight minutes 41. Yeah, eight minutes 41, that'd probably be the eight minutes 41 that I erase. Let's be honest. <laughs> Is it one of the worst wrestling matches I've ever seen? It's definitely in the top 10. Yeah, I think it was just it was just awful, wasn't it? It was just it'd be it'd have been better if it was just a fatal forward. 
Yeah, the story, I just didn't like that. I just didn't care for the story either, to be honest. Like, I, I didn't really get what Karen Jarrett's role in this was. Like, I don't think she was running the company. She, was she, no, she was I, running she, the knockout division. Women's division was that, yeah, because yeah, I don't know. I don't really get or care how she fit in with everyone else. Um, you know, kind of ruining the company right up there at the top. Yeah. Yeah, Velvet Sky wins it, I guess. It's, there's meant to be a big babyface pop player. Crowd were a bit like, yeah, okay. Velvet Sky is crying. She's loving it. She was a heel for most of her career, I believe, but it looks like she was a bit fizz at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah, did not care for it. Didn't seem like anyone in the crowd did. Um, for many of you, even more generous to the pair, they'd give it one star. Um, I would probably align more with you, Aaron, on that one. Yeah, it was uh, genuinely awful. I think we should just move on. It's too much, but let's move on. Um, it didn't um, get much better. Borash is back again. He's talking to Kazarian. Um, how are you dealing with two members of Fortune Clan tonight? Um, he wants them to get out of the system. Fears it won't be the end. Here we go then. Um, an I quit match up next. So they're, they're pulling out all the stops in terms of gimmick matches. We've had a full metal mayhem, we've had a false cut anywhere. We've had a just before we get into this match, tag. Yeah, just before we get into this match, I saw Styles v Daniels and I thought, oh my God, I cannot wait for this match. Yeah. Because historically, they have great in-ring chemistry. They always put on good matches together. Mm-hmm. This was not the case. Um, no. I am not a fan of I-quit matches. They're too slow-paced, aren't they? They're just fucking shit. Like... I'm going to throw two punches at the beginning, at the start of the match, and I'm going to grab the mic and say, say it. Yeah. I feel like this should only be used if you've got a really, really good story. There's only one person who can who's ever pulled off good I quit match. Roman Reigns. Mick Foley. Oh, Mick Foley as well. Yeah, his was quite... Well, he's had quite a couple, actually, hasn't he? He's had Foley a few, and they were, they, were, they, yeah. they were quite good. Yeah, though, yeah, but they, they were all kind of storyline plots in the end, weren't they? Like the whole yeah. Ric Flair and McFoley one at yeah. SummerSlam. Yeah. Uh, that was good. And that had a built, well, it was meant to build to a story of Melina, which didn't go anywhere. Done with The Rock, obviously, did where The Rock cheated to win by playing a recording. Um, yeah, I thought the one last year between Roman Reigns and Jey Uso in a Hell in a Cell was really good. Like, it wasn't a good match, but it was a good story um, yeah. at the time. And that was inside Hell in a Cell, wasn't it? Which, again, Goes back to how much hell the cells wasted at the yeah. moment. But this was, yeah, I was very disappointed. Like I saw, say, Christopher Daniels versus AJ Styles. You expect like four stars minimum. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I would say. But it wasn't Christopher Daniels versus AJ Styles. That's fine. That's good. I quit match completely takes away everything they're good at. Yeah, it does. It was too slow paced because they're having to stop and start all the time because they were grabbing the mic. Say it. Yeah. Um, Daniels is fantastic. Though. He's another person who's just a great heel. Yeah, for sure. Um, when Daniel chickens out, when AJ get obviously he uses the screwdriver on AJ, mm-hmm. um, and then AJ finds it in the turnbuckle. He grabs it, and then that's when um, Daniels just cowers away into the corner, doesn't he? Yeah, and then just quits before AJ has a chance to to, <laughs> to, to use. To use the weapon, yeah, it I, felt like a really weird ending, didn't it? It, like, it was, but I, it was it was a good ending for a, a terrible match because it gave Daniels even more heat. Yeah, because he just wasn't having it, so it wasn't like he'd kind of quit. Yeah, ashamedly, he'd quit because he was just like, "No, you're not, you're not doing that." To he me quit now. because he's a coward. Yeah, Which, basically, we don't see enough of them coward cowardly heels anymore. We don't see enough of them. 
I like it. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, yeah, I suppose the heels these days, like especially when I'm looking at WWE, they're just big dominant society, uh, and then like mm-hmm. Lashley and, and Reigns, and then in AEW <laughs> you've got Omega who's arrogant. Um, oh, miss all WWE's heels are just big guys, aren't they? Yeah, that's just big monster heels now, aren't they? Really, yeah. who lose matches, so they're not monsters. <laughs> they're yeah. not monsters anymore. Yeah. I don't mind. Yeah, I don't mind a good chicken shit heel. And I thought Christopher Daniels played it really well. And character work. This is probably really good work. Yeah. But I think when you, like you said right at the beginning, you see Daniel versus Styles, you're expecting a bit more from this. Um, a bit where Christopher Daniels was like, "You suck," and then AJ was like, "Well, you suck on this." And it was the mic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was. AJ uh, just looks weird though. I'm so used to him having long hair. It does now. He looks a lot better now, doesn't he? He's aged yeah. like a fine wine, AJ. He looks like just a, a, a weird country boy, doesn't he? Yeah. At this point. Um, yeah, the crowd kind of just groaned at the finish because they wanted blood. They didn't get it. Um, They're in Philadelphia. And also, it's Christopher Daniel versus AJ Styles. It just, it almost ended out of nowhere for me and felt flat. Like I say, it's good heel mm-hmm. work, but kind of not what you want. Um yeah. Yeah, so you would expect four stars minimum. I'm going to guess that you didn't give it four stars, Aaron. No. Um, Gabe was a lot more lenient than I was. He gave it one and three quarters. I gave it a one. One star. Wow. Uh, one and three quarters from Dave Nelson, you said, man. Yeah. Four more mania gave it three stars, so obviously they're feeling a lot more generous. Um, uh, it's definitely they, not a three star, man. They've also noted that AJ Styles apparently did the same finish with Rhino. Final Resolution 2006, and apparently it's a call. It might be a callback to that, right? Um, but yeah, it was just not what you would expect. Uh, obviously, after the match, uh, Daniels gets his heat back by attacking AJ and giving the Angels wings on the stage. Um, and then it just didn't fit. Apparently, the the future uh, ended there. <laughs> oh, really? Is that yeah. the end of it? Yeah, to me, like, it felt like it should have carried on, and yeah. It looked, like it, was, it, it looked like it was building to another match, didn't it? But it did, 100. It just, it just didn't, apparently. Um, and next, uh, I'm sure you've got a lot to say about this. Oh. Uh, <laughs> here we go. So, the one person who comes up on every WCW show after the year 2000 and comes up on every TNA show that we've watched so far, and invariably, um, he, this guy turns up, and I don't want to beat on him too much. Um, because even my dad was like, you know, you really don't like this guy, do you? But here we go. Jeff fucking Jarrett turns up. He doesn't just uh, turn up, though. I mean... He makes every he makes every show worse, doesn't he? Yeah. Can you think of a, a, a time where Jeff Jarrett's presence is, has uh, benefited the show? No, we, we screwed DDP. Sure did. He screwed WCW out of existence as well um, by being there. <laughs> Their champion. Yeah, 100% was not Vince Russo's fault. It was 100% Jeff Jarrett's fault. Yeah, exactly. Um, maybe it was Vince Russo's fault for booking him so much, but who knows? Either way, it did not work. Um, so he gets he gets on the microphone and says, he told Jeffrey, Jeffrey Nero, hi, is this, there is it, set oh, in his hellhole. He before ruins that, his, his promo not very good. Before that, he's walking to the ring and he just keeps calling all the audience members a piece of shit. Yeah. It's funny coming from a piece of shit. <laughs> He's having to go at, He's having to go at everyone. Um, at this out, point, at this, at this point, Jeff Jarrett doesn't own any TNA, does he? He's sold off at this point. Yeah. No, he's, he's, he's on the board, isn't he, or something? Like, he's still got a why is he, position. Why, why is he still here? But this was the weird part, wasn't it? Obviously, Karen Jarrett 
obviously became Karen Jarrett, follow me Karen Angle. Um, yeah. And I do remember Jeff Jarrett disappeared for a while, but he's, he's back now, obviously. Um, comes out, so it's not about him, it's about everyone on the entire roster. And then he corrects himself to say roster. Yeah. Um, nobody wants uh, Jeff Hardy here, according to Jarrett. Um, yeah. <laughs> Plus, Jeff Hardy comes out. It doesn't make sense, does it? So he's he's gone out he's gone out there so like the thing is like he's saying like nobody wants Jeff Hardy on the show that's Jeff Jarrett's point if Jeff Jarrett doesn't go out without a match and calls out another wrestler without a match there would be no reason to see Jeff Hardy so what's he doing it makes no sense um yeah Jeff Hardy comes out oh he says he's calling out Nero and calls him a bitch which obviously yeah he I guess um I didn't I didn't realise that Jeff Hardy's going by Nero this far back. No, it is his real name, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, it's his real middle name. Nero. Didn't know that. Yeah. Didn't learn something new every Jeff, day. Jeffrey Nero Hardy is his real middle name, yeah. Because um, I remember when he was moving to WWE, he was like, oh, thank God my name's Nero. My middle name's Nero, because he could still be called Brother Nero if they'd gone down that route. Right. Um, didn't, but yeah, they just have a bit of a brawl. Um, Security storm the ring. Yeah, including... And they can't... They, they can't oh, go on. One, uh, Dilo Brown. I <laughs> know oh, he's part of the backstage staff that yeah. follow the security staff because the security staff can't get him under control. Yeah, but the useless can't get Jeff Jarrett under control. And Hardy yeah. gets the upper hand and Jarrett gets scored out at the end. Jeff Jeff um, celebrates. Yeah. Um, and as this website here for Mania uh, points out, Dilo possibly got a bigger, <laughs> a bigger pop than everyone else involved in this segment. Agreed. Um, so yeah, um, not very good, is it? Jeff Jarrett at this point possibly should have left, um, and retired and never seen again. Yeah, I would say not a very good brawl either. When you think of some of the, the great pull apart brawls that uh, Brock Lesnar's had in the last few years, no, oh, yeah, you never get you never get tired of those. Some of the um, fantastic brawls at um, Austin back in the day, yeah, Austin like Tyson and that, and like. Yeah, this was not not one of them. It just it just didn't it didn't look like they were really going for it. Like it just didn't look just good it, to be honest. Like it didn't look real. That, yeah, I think it just didn't look intense today because Jeff Jarrett is just not very good. Like yeah. I know we're just we're shitting on him a lot now and like you know you guys know been wrestlers yeah whatever. Jeff Jarrett just wasn't very good. Like the the guy on the company had a management position in the company. Like maybe he didn't know that anymore, but Dixie Carr didn't know enough about wrestling to know that Jeff Jarrett was bad. Evidently. Yeah from this point um, he's still he's still there like yeah I'm not a big fan of Jeff Jarrett in the slightest as I'm sure we've, we've covered on numerous occasions um, yeah I think the guy ruins everything he got into and we, he was stuck into the bullet club that time ruined that um, ruined just ruined everything really yeah. um, possibly one of my least favourite wrestlers of all time uh, although yeah. Dolph Ziggler is pushing him close I would, I would, I would go as far to say, where's WCW champion? Oh, by far. Like um, I know they I, said, David Arquette killed it. Nah, but I think Jeff Jarrett having like five WCW title reigns or whatever he had, that was I, what killed it for me. At least David Arquette uh, made a comeback and made a really good like yeah. wrestling career. Um, did Jeff? No, he didn't. No, and also, just while we're just really beating on on Jeff Jarrett, although apparently his podcast is really good, I've not listened to it yet, but apparently it's really good. And everyone who didn't like him in the past likes him now because of his podcast, apparently. Sorry, I've heard. But my point is, David Arquette was never meant to be taken seriously as a champion. 
Whereas Jeff Jarrett, we were apparently meant to take him seriously. Mm. And that was what made it worse for me because he yeah. wasn't very good, but we were meant to think he was good. Whereas David Arquette wasn't very good, but we were never meant to think he was good. It wasn't like David Arquette was going there beating people clean or beating him yeah. with a guitar shot. He did have that one thing where he, he hit Gary Coleman with a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give him credit for that. Sad nuts. <laughs> just lays him out with a guitar. I will give him that. That was a great moment. Uh, that'll go down in history is, is one of my favorite wrestling moments of all time. But other than that, um, absolutely, yeah, nothing for me. Just one of very good pull apart brawl. And mm-hmm. everything that was in that, that segment, you could see better elsewhere. The thing is, like, this segment took that long. Just have a match. Yeah. This is not a two minute match. Have a, yeah, have a two-minute match. So Jeff Hardy gets a win with Swanson. You know, gives the crowd something to pop before the next couple of matches. Um, before the heels just dominate the rest of the show. I guess. Um, but we guess let's go into the one of the, the two-minute matches then. Um, as we said at the beginning, Hulk Hogan's last ever televised match, which feels really, really weird um, to say. Oh, 2011 feels both too early and too late for it to be Hulk Hogan's last match. Like, yes, it's a, it's a <laughs> very weird one, isn't it? I feel like he was, he was, he shouldn't be wrestling at this point, but also 2011 feels like a long time, time ago. Like, he should have had another match since then. I'm not, yeah. I'm not really sure. Um, Even stranger th- to think that Sting is still wrestling. Yeah, Sting's still on the go now, which is, is mad, isn't it? But, um, yeah, Hogan gets a big pop. Uh, oh. He's coming out to his like a remixed NWO music. Yeah, it's like a mix between Voodoo Charles. And the NWO music, and I, yeah. I was all for that. Yeah, I was, I was a big fan. I mean, I think they probably could have used the actual NWO music because it's just stock music, isn't it? Um, yeah. I've, I think I've had it on like Top Gear before <laughs> in the past. Um, weirdly, um, obviously, for some reason, Hulk Hogan and Sting think they're women wrestling in Saudi Arabia because they're both wearing t-shirts um, throughout this match. Just old men, aren't they? Don't want the sack yeah, tits on shit. One. I mean, we we do get. The same tits. Um, From the blocks. Um we'll say. But Thanks. yeah, this match. What do you what do we what, what do we think of this match? Sting comes out. Last match. Yeah, obviously Sting comes out and he's joker stinging he? Yeah, which I completely forgot that existed to. I, I I was all for it because I thought it was it was it was very good. Uh, Hogan's obviously fighting dirty. And um, he brings out the dirtiest player in the game, which is Ric Flair. Yeah. Um, do you know what Hogan really reminded me of was um, FUNB era Hogan oh yeah. Blood. <laughs> yeah. Um, just just with his attire the way he was wrestling um, just yeah. fl- major flashbacks but that was like 11 years before this as well wasn't it but I, 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 I know what you mean like he did he did feel like that it was almost like half you could tell that he just, as much as he was, a, he was a good heel, especially in NWA, you could tell that he just wants he wants the pops, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and obviously he'll get them at the end. So, um, uh, Sting does take his t-shirt off at one point. Um, he's in full-on Sting gear. Doesn't look in great yeah. shape, let's be honest. Um, but he's, he's getting you, on a bit. Do you think it's Leotard was just an excuse for him not to work out as much? Because you think back to WCW, like um, Surface Sting. Fuck me, he was he was really mm-hmm. he was ripped on he? Yeah. And then did he just let himself go once he got into the leotard? I think possibly. I mean, how old would he have been around here though? He'd have been getting onto his fifties, wouldn't he? Yeah, this late forties. Yeah. So I, I think, but then again, like I always bring up as an example, but Bobby Lashley's forty-five, <laughs> which yeah. I 
cannot get my head around. Yeah. So um, I guess in some ways there's, there's no excuse. But I think Sting's had those issues before, and that was the whole stack at 97 debacles because he didn't get a tan. He wasn't in good shape. Yeah. Oh, Hogan loves getting busted open. As I um, made comment when it, we watched the pay per view with um, fucking you, new blood era Hogan. Yeah. He loves getting busted open. Loves a good, um, loves a good blade in. It's a yeah. it's a short match. Sting makes Hogan tap with the Scorpion Deathlock. Yeah, which was obviously Bischoff's son. Yeah. He thought he was going to screw him out of it. He didn't, uh, which is weird. Nine minutes forty-three. I would say this match wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. No, and I that, thought it was going to be awful. Um, yeah. what, what goes on after the match is more entertaining. Yeah, but I so, thought it wasn't the sad spectacle that I thought it was going to be. No. I thought it was like, okay. Yeah, it was just... I don't think it's like, you know, what was Hogan's last WWF match was Randy Orton SummerSlam. That was probably better than this, I would say. <laughs> I would oh, yeah. say but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't terrible. To be honest, would you do you think it's a worthy way of, of Hogan to go out, or do you think you should have stopped long, <sighs> long before this? It's a bit bittersweet. I yeah, I like the idea of him. His last match was with Sting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. want the greatest match, but you're never going to get a great match out of a, a guy in his late fifties. No, and that's um, the thing. It's like Hogan wasn't really doing great matches anyway. Like, was he for a long time? Like, I mean, the, what was his last great match? The, the Rock, Rock. Yeah, yeah, which would have been 2002, so nine yeah. years before this. Yeah, yeah. And at that point, that. he's like late forties. He's probably was he about the same age as what Triple H is now when he wrestled The Rock, roughly. Let's have a look. It'll be right. morning. Hulk Hogan. He is. He was born in. He's sixty-three now. He's sixty-eight now. He's born in nineteen fifty-three. So that would have made him forty-nine when he when he wrestled the Rock. Yeah, about about um, the same age as what Hunter is now. So yeah, at this point, well, it's ten years ago, wasn't it? So he's fifty-eight. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah fair well, fair play, I guess, in some ways. Um, right, but it wasn't. Yes, yeah, so it wasn't his last match. He had two more into it. it was his last match in America. Did he have one um, against Bully Ray? But Fairbairn on the line. Fairbairn on the line from this. He, so this was his last match on TV. He had two house show matches in the UK. So um, the, the feud he had with Bully Ray before this, when Ray Bully Ray marries Brooke. I think at that point they were feuding, but he wasn't wrestling. Right. Yeah, it was like the whole is and eighteen, which is the year after, I think. Yeah. Okay, um, that makes yeah that, his last yeah. match, and it was he had it he had it twice, um, in two different occasions in the UK, uh, one in Nottingham randomly, and where was the other one? The MEN in Manchester. It was Hulk Hogan and James Storm and Sting defeating Bobby Roode, Bully Ray, and Kurt Angle. Six man tag matches. That was his last match. It was in Manchester, yeah. four thousand people. So anyway, after the match, Ric Flair gets in the ring, starts beating down on Sting. Classic flair. Then all, all of the immortal come out, and then Bischoff takes Garrett out of the chair. Yeah, stick- I guess that was that was a weird twist for the sake of a twist, wasn't it? Revealing yeah. that that was Garrett, and then not doing anything with it. He was just I like, think they do. Such a they nice do. lad, anyway. Did he go from what, with it? from what I remember? Yeah, the go fair. They were yeah. um, following the weeks on Impact. Um, so then after that, um, immortal obviously take. Beating the shit out of Sting. Sting starts screaming at Hogan to help him. And oh my God, did this get a huge mm-hmm. pop. 
um, Hogan tearing face because he turns on the immortal Hulk's yeah. up. So that's what and people just, want to see. He takes his shirt off. Like, it was great. Stinging Hogan, clay, clay ring. Um, yeah, very believe... similar to The Rock and Hogan, really, wasn't it? Um, and Sting, Sting wants Hulkamania back, doesn't he? Yeah, he sure does. Because yeah. I was worried that they were losing the crowd. Like One of my notes was like, this beatdown's gone on for a long time. Like I thought the crowd were getting a bit restless. And then all of a sudden, now I know, well, not I would know where Sting's like, help me, help me. So Hogan looks around. Classic Hogan stuff, and then just ah oh, rips the shit off, and the crowd goes wild. Yeah, like, like the easily the biggest pop of the night. Yeah, oh, easily. That's what you say about Hogan. Like I know he's like well at fifty eight, would you said at this point, he's still one of the biggest up until the point where he got racist. He was still one of the <laughs> biggest stars in the game, wasn't he? Like I don't think he'll get that pop again now because his turn people just don't like him. There's probably I could you could count on one hand the people that get as big pops as him. Yeah. Austin, Rock, yeah, Hogan. I think you might have to put Cena in that argument now. Yeah, Cena. Yeah, yeah. about yeah. Um, I don't think you would have done when he was an acting wrestler, but now he's his that money in the bank pop was was something ridiculous. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I'd struggle for the last one. That's it. Like maybe they're the big they're the, they're the big four, aren't they? Yeah. If you think of game changers in wrestling, maybe the Undertaker. Yeah. You, you think the Mount individual Rushmore. pops he doesn't get every week, but obviously CM Punk's return pop this year was oh that was huge, huge yeah. like in Chicago that was ridiculous. Um, um, but I don't think he gets that every week now, does he? Yes. Yeah. If you think of Mount Rushmore, and I mean we've covered this in the archives. Um, if you want to hear our Mount Rushmore of wrestling? Uh, yeah, check that out. Um, but it's dead that easily the, the biggest. No one's ever yeah. going to be as big as Hogan, The Rock. Austin, um, Cena. Yeah, I think that's Never. the that's the that's the thought for me. But I mean, you, I think even with another fifty years of, of of wrestling, I don't think you're going to have. They were the game changers of wrestling. Hogan established wrestling. Yeah. Um, The Rock, um, and Stone Cold made the nineties and just carried on kind of what Hogan had been doing, um, and then. Hogan kind of helped, helped through the Attitude Era as well. He was the biggest star yeah. in WCW. And obviously, The Rocks took it took it mainstream, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah. To a new yeah. level. And then, yeah, Cena is just, just went on forever. <laughs> Cena, yeah. like, he's, he's run on top of his amazing, really. Now he's, he's, a, he's a big Hollywood star himself. He's probably the, the, the next, the closest thing we're going to get to The Rock. Um, in terms of big Hollywood stars, obviously, David is a better actor, but that's a different debate for a, a different time, it's but yeah, because there's nothing that the rock can't do. No, for those that are he's actually done a done a rap in a song. He's done a rap for a song, and now he's on about like, oh, I might run for president. People want me to. Apparently, forty six percent of Americans would like to see the Rock run for president. Um, I would vote if I was American. I'd vote, and that's without him even trying. Yeah, I know. So that's about a campaign. campaign yeah, exactly. He's done, he's done nothing other than just be the Rock <laughs> at this point. It would be his like forty six. Who'd be his vice president? Kevin Hart. D'Lo Brown for me. D'Lo Brown. Yeah. Farouk. Ron, Ron Simmons, <laughs> yeah, yes. That's it. Nation of Domination is back. Like, Mark Henry, you just like technology. Imagine that. Kim Imagine Jong-un. that. Kim, Un- Kim Jong-un's like, yeah, we're going to piss out with some nukes. The Rock walks in, then Mark Henry's his muscle. He didn't do anything. He'll decide ima- immediately. Imagine, though, like, you had Ron Simmons as your vice president when, when they're doing the campaigning. <laughs> like... 
you've got whoever his opposition is. So you're probably talking at this point, he's probably going to be Barden. Yeah. Barden says something and Ronson just stands there, looks at him, just, damn. Exactly. I said, yeah, Barden forgets what he's saying. Just a regular occurrence. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's, Ronson he's, was just like, damn. He's about 200 years old, isn't he? Exactly. Can't got the greatest memory. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously then, weirdly, The Rock still, he needs to go into WWE Hall of Fame first, isn't he? Because he can't have, We've only had one, one more match. Yeah. One more. He's got one more match. It's Roman Roman Reigns. Yeah, him and Roman Reigns. Reigns. I think they're going to wait till. So, WrestleMania is in Dallas next year, but it's in Los Angeles the year after, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And it looks like that's what they're aiming for. To be honest, I'd like to see two more matches. One more at Survivor Series. Yeah. I, I thought he was going to. I thought he was going to back as like a. Yeah, apparently he's just going to be on video or something, isn't it, this year? Because he's filming the Survivor uh... Series. See what is, it, for, is it the 25th anniversary this year? Yeah, of his of his debut. Yeah. Yes, but apparently he's just going to be on video for that, but he won't be there. Well, it's like, better than nothing. It is. It's like, I remember when he came back to do that, that promo, like, was it about Umaga? Once and it was just a just a video promo. Yeah. Um, and that was that was huge. Or when he just turned up at the, the Hall of Fame, that time to induct his, uh, his dad and granddad. Yeah, um, that that was huge. So just game on the show all is big. I think he was yeah, weirdly think... that the last bit for you who had turned upon was um he was on the impact um, pre-show, wasn't he, when he was inducting Ken Shamrock? Oh the, yeah, of course. The TNA yeah. Hall of Fame, like yeah, I mean that's the last wrestling show he's he's made an appearance on. I loved how they just stuck out a pre-show as well. So if they just, didn't just... hype it. They were just like, oh, by the way, Trent yeah. Johnson's just giving a little message. Yeah. <laughs> so if you think then WrestleMania main inductees. So I think Undertaker potentially next year. Yeah. Yeah, with it being in Texas as well. Um, I think you've, it's, it's got to be Undertaker for the main one It's got to be The Rock the following year. Final match at WrestleMania. And yeah. then inducts The Rock. Yeah, unless they, they induct him this year and then they do it on next year. And then you do an angle. <laughs> like, uh, I think that they need to do... Undertaker like Roman, inter- the- Roman interrupts his... Um, his induction, so I don't know if they've never done that before. I don't think, I don't think no, I don't it's think. not a night for is it really? No, I mean, Undertaker needs to be in Texas, don't we? Yeah, um, The Rock, The Rock in LA makes a lot of sense, isn't it? I yeah, don't think they've announced it does. anywhere. Where is the year after you have the um, I hope to get the the with with WrestleMania being a two nights and SmackDown being on a Friday, and I hope to get the, the Hall of Fame properly back in the weekend because last year it was, it was on a Tuesday night, wasn't it? It was just yeah. shit, really, wasn't it? At least. At least get it on a Thursday, or I don't know. I would even split it, put it into Raw and SmackDown somehow. SmackDown Hall of Fame, SmackDown, or something. Or a few matches and a few, yeah, a few inductions like for free, just to make it a big deal as part of WrestleMania again. Because it was just, I know it was weird circumstances this year, but I just having it on a Tuesday night, it was just very random because who was watching? But, yeah, I don't know. We've segued quite a lot though. We've segued quite a bit, but that's just the star. The other thing I was going to say about Hogan was. I was just looking at, you know, I was saying his last match in front of 4,000 people in Manchester. Not a chance that TNA is drawing 4,000 people if Hogan's not on that card um, at that at that time. Like, they, they've just done 5,000 for the biggest pay-per-view. They're not going to do 4,000 in the UK without without Hulk Hogan there. Probably selling similar amounts of tickets to what they're selling in the UK to right now, to be honest. Yeah. So. Um, TNA, TNA always did well over here, didn't it? It did. And I think I'm surprised they do more pay-per-views over here. AEW's going to sell out Craven Cottage immediately. It's yeah, it's gonna be ridiculous trying to get to order tickets for that. Yeah, we'll have to get Terry on the case for that one. Um, right, so scores on the doors. Um, Dave Meltzer gave it three stars. I gave it three, I gave it three and a half. Three and a half, yeah. 
Oh, God, that. Follow all Mania, give it three stars as well. Um, yeah, all, all around the same ballpark. Yeah, they're very um, generous for Dave Meltzer, though. I, I almost thought that would be one where he would just give it like one star and think about it. Yeah. Um, so fair play, Dave. But yeah, I thought it, was, it wasn't as sad and tragic as I thought it was going to be. Because uh, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I, I picked this paper for you because I wanted to set the piss out of that match. Um, <laughs> but actually, <laughs> it, was, it was quite good. Um, okay, let's move on to the main event then. Um, and I've got a lot of beef with this main event before we start. Right, This is the biggest show of the year. The entrances were shite. Yeah. Bobby Roode walks out in a t-shirt. You know, even there's all these promos of him in his big robes and that. It's Bobby Roode. Walks out in a t-shirt. And then they're playing Kurt Angle's music before he's even going to the ring properly. Yeah. Like, I'm assuming they were pressed for time. But considering this is your biggest show and this is your main event and it's meant to be Bobby Roode's big moment, or that's what we're building up to. Um, I, I, I just thought that was a bit strange, to be honest. Um, how how quickly they rush through, and then Kurt Angle gets in the ring, and they're they're, they're, they're doing it, they're fighting. Like, yeah. I'm assuming a segment, if any segment went over time, it would have been the last segment. I imagine that be down, but Hogan's going to do what Hogan's going to do. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just thought it was a very. It didn't feel like a main event the way they were they were building it up. It almost felt yeah. like a, an extra match. I've got um, beef. Um, Rude puts a cross face on Kurt Angle. Mm-hmm. Too soon. Too soon, especially when uh, I'm going to say because we're just going to it now. Angle does not look in good shape. Oh, no, it doesn't. Angles in the angles in the bad way. Yeah, this is where he yeah. was like heavily on painkillers. Mm-hmm. Heavily. Yeah. What are you like popping like something like a hundred pills a day? At yeah, yeah. He was. He should not have been wrestling, especially not in the main event. Um, no. Yeah, they should have just made the Hogan well. Sting match um, the, the main event. Yeah, I think it should have. It, it would have been risky because it might not have been good, but... It was a talking point through the whole show, wasn't it? Yeah, they could have the ended whole... on that really good... That high pop of, um, yeah, Hulk, Hulk Hogan's first time. Yeah. Send the crowd home happy because the crowd felt a bit... It just felt tacked on, this whole show, really. Like, it felt like we just had the main event and they're like, oh, by the way, you know, like, the UFC sometimes used to do it where they had the main event mid-show. Yeah. Well, when we watched Saturday Night's main event that time. Yeah. And then afterwards, it's like, oh, by the way, there's a few more matches. Like, it just, I don't know, it just, considering it was meant to be a world title match, I don't yes. know if Bobby Roode just wasn't the biggest star at the time. Like, uh, maybe, they build him up to be, aren't they? Yeah. Maybe he just wasn't, maybe he was too much too soon. Um, Roode gets screwed, though, for yeah. this match. Yeah. Um, so, Angle Slam. Kurt uses the ropes for leverage, but Rude had his arm through the ropes, through the ropes, not holding on to the ropes. Yeah. About two about two minutes earlier, Angle does the same thing and the, the ref breaks the count. Yeah. But the ref is in eye vision of Rude's <laughs> yeah. arm and yeah. doesn't doesn't count it as a, a rope break. Yeah, that's the thing I think even making more obvious. Angle then grabs on the rope himself, doesn't he? Just yeah, to be like, does. okay, they've really yeah, I thought it looked. I thought it made it look rude, look weak. To be honest, because uh-huh. he didn't kick out. Like if you got enough wherewithal to move your arm under the rope, at least bloody grab the rope. I don't know if that's just a minor point, but for me, like he was just lazily trying to kick out. Referee didn't see it, but he did. Like, did see it. Yeah, but it was almost like it was rude's fault for not doing more when he could have. He, he was. He clearly could have done more. I, I thought. Yeah. Um, apparently, at the time, looking back, there was a massive backlash about this. 
Oh, really? Um, because this was like the whole point. They sold the show on basically the big babyface WrestleMania finish, you know. Babyface goes over, Bobby Roode's going to be the champion. Like, it's all his hard work going to it. And then Angle wins through a screwjob. Um, and apparently, yeah, there's a massive fan backlash. Right. Um, people not happy. I can see why, because I know mm-hmm. it, it happens all the time when, when a, a heel wins a minute. Especially if it's in a shitty manner uh, like this. But but yeah, I thought it was overall a bit of a downer to end the show on. Not just because of the finish, just because I, felt, I thought this, this match felt rushed. I know it were obviously squeezed for time. We went right up against the three hours, didn't we? It was like two hours fifty-two, I think, yeah. this year. Yeah. Um, so if they've got a three-hour limit, then they've, they've got to be careful. But yeah, what did you make of the main event? Aaron? What did I give it? Dave Meltzer gave it three stars. Um, I gave it two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah, that's fair. If that's an um, average rating, then then I would say it's, they had some fair, good spots, but it just yeah. I thought Angle didn't look in good shape. They rushed the start of it so it didn't feel like a big deal. And then, yeah, the, the, the big baby face lost. <laughs> like, yeah. with a weak finish as well. Like Very weak finish. Yeah. Bit um, of a bit of a lame ending. Lame it was a, ending. If you think you've had like some really good matches in this, you had the Sting Hogan match, you've had the RVD um, Jerry Lynn match, and you've had the Bully Ray Mr. Anderson match. Yeah. It's just felt really weak. It did. It did. There was, there was a star power was in there, wasn't it? But like... Yeah. I think it was at that point, wasn't it? Like, we've all got too much into Angle's problems, but I don't... Having Angle in the main event at this point feels a bit weird to me. Yeah. To, to, to be honest, like, as, as we say, like, you know, Hogan Sting, like, it wouldn't have been... It was never going to be a five-star Meltzer classic, but it was a better match than this, a more entertaining match, I thought, than this one. And it had the big stakes there that you could have... You could have put it in the main event. Yeah. Um, um, Bernice. So that was... Bound for Glory 2011, which was 10 years ago, if you want to feel old. Um, overall then, Aaron, what did you make of this pay-per-view? Well, if we're going on average of what I've kind of given it, you're probably looking two and a half stars, three stars as an average. Yeah. Um, which I think I'm quite happy to go three stars for the, the whole pay-per-view. Um, double yeah. that if you want to do out of 10, six out of 10. Yeah, that would make sense. I think, you know, if Terry was here, he'd give it 6.5. And I think he'd probably be right. <laughs> yeah. occasion. It was a classic six five. I enjoyed it. I'm like, um, I'll say I'm going to hold on to the Impact Plus app, I think, for a bit longer. Yeah. And so, check out some of the stuff, which we should probably get TNA in, in more regular rotation uh, on this show than we have done in the past. I agree. Um, I don't think um, Ross or Terry have signed up for Impact Plus yet. Because... No. Um, <laughs> Was holding off because they probably had it yeah. premeditated that they weren't going to turn yeah, up. Yeah, that's what or I'm last not week. That's what I'm not hearing it. The cheap sides to that. That's why they've uh, they both pulled out of it. You just don't want to pay it. Yeah, well, yeah. it said seven ninety nine on the app, and then when I checked my PayPal, it was only five ninety nine. Yeah, mine was mine paid in dollars for some reason, so mine was cheaper than I thought. Yeah. Which is um, I was pleased about. Um, so yeah, I saw Terry open his uh, his wallet at the weekend. The bloody moths flew out of it. Um, <laughs> it's not been open for. A long time, but yeah, that was TNA Bound for Glory 2011. Yeah, so 6.5, good show. Um, if you're gonna go out your way to watch one or two matches on the air, probably pick Jerry Lynn RVD or some more Joe Candy for me. Oh no, Sting Hogan as well. Yeah. Sting Hogan, I would pick like get, get those doing an hour, the rest of it's pretty skippable to be honest. Um, but it was a good show overall, and hopefully, you enjoyed doing a bit different and doing that TNA this week. Next week, Aaron. 
I think, and we've not decided this, this is just, I'm shooting now, I'm shooting off the hip. It's that time of the year. We've got to get a Halloween Havoc in, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's what we'll be doing next week. A, Halloween Havoc. Not decided which one yet. Um, but we'll be doing a... Or should we just decide right now? Should we do... Let's just do it now. Let's do Halloween Havoc 96 then, 25 years ago. Yeah. Um, I don't know what was on it, but it the end of your shenanigans. Um, that's what we're doing next week. Halloween Havoc. Um, and then the following week, I've already said what we're doing. What we're doing next week. What we're doing in two weeks' time. In two weeks' time, we're doing TNA Turning Point 2004. I'm up for that. Um, it, it is Macho, Macho Man Randy Savage, only televised match for TNA. Well, it's only a match that he ever wrestled for TNA. Do you have one match? Yeah, and it is in a six-sided rig. Amazing. This is the TNA I remember. That DDP also makes an appearance, apparently, so I'm, I'm very looking forward to that. Wow. So Turning Point 2004. Okay, so we've got Halloween Havoc 1996 next week, and then the week after that, Turning Point 2004. Uh, Randy Savage is in the main event next week as well. Double Savage. Um, Aaron has just been tried by his cat, if you heard that in the background. Yeah, one, one, of, one of the many. Uh, how, how many cats have you, you got uh, in the Franklin residence at the moment? We have four now. Used to be two, and then a couple oh. of weeks ago I thought, yeah, it's a good idea, let's get number two. Uh, two so cats. Two kittens, two two good fully grown cats. Uh, it's a madhouse at the moment. I can I can imagine. I can imagine you have more. Oh, you still got more bedrooms than cats, just um, yeah, just in the, uh, in, the, in the Franklin residence, the Franklin mansion, Franklin um, Towers, Franklin Towers, Franklin Towers. I will go. I will go with that. Um, so yeah. So join us next week. Um, oh, forgot to do it. Aaron, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Frankenstein91. Where can we find you, Lou? You can find me at Lou Markham, and you can find us all at Rest Around um, on all your social media, and especially on Twitch tonight, twitch.tv forward slash Rest Around tonight for Wrestling Around Crown Jewels. Randy Anderson's done the set. He spilled the paint. Who knows what that means? We'll find out tonight. Uh, Tyler versus Korea. No, Korea versus Korea. Terry Peters versus the Spooky Skank. And the BMG finally can he win the title? Can't wait for this It's gonna be it's gonna be a huge one live from uh, Baghdad, Iraq, because that was the only Middle Eastern venue <laughs> on the game. So that's what we're going with. Um, but we'll see you to that tonight, and we'll see you next week for Halloween Havoc 1996. Yeah, thank you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.